The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big the Footy power. Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac19, and joining us once again is the great Rick. How are you, mate? Hey, Macca. Fishing Richard. What's going on? Yeah, not much. It's uh, exciting to be back on as finals are approaching and five games to go and, and will we finish in the top four? Um, you know, I, it is, I'm finding it captivating. What a captivating journey this mighty football club is putting us on. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's an interesting one, that's for sure. Mate, what's your, one of your favourite movies? Uh, Groundhog Day. Same, same. Legitimately, it is a great movie. It's wonderful. Groundhog Day, for me, reminds me of my teenage years, and I just find it a very easy movie to watch. And I'm a big bit of a Bill Murray fan, and um, and I just used when I used to get sick with the cold or flu and be home, I always put on Groundhog Day. Same. When I, when I used to be sick at school, I used to put on Groundhog Day as well because it's, it's it used to make me happy. It used to make me forget about um, the flu or whatever I had at the at the time, and um, yeah, gave me a good laugh. Are you like a brother from a different mother or something? Uh, quite possibly, mate. If you if you liked Groundhog Day, you'd love another movie. I think I might have made references on a podcast before is Rushmore with Bill Murray as well. Okay. If you haven't seen that one, I'll, I'd highly recommend watching it. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Thoroughly. I haven't seen. No, it's a good movie. Mm. You'd like it. it um, yeah, you would like it. But anyway, so uh, any, anything else we want to talk about? What about the weather? How's the weather? Oh, mate, perfect weekend. Just the absolute perfect weekend weather-wise. Um, we had a great... Uh, time down at Semaphore. The shop was very, very busy, which was great. Yeah, a lot of very, very happy customers as well, which was wonderful. So, um, so when really, really when good. When do you work? Sorry. So if we want to, if us fanatical Port fan radio lovers of Macca want to go say good day to you at the fish and chip shop, yeah. When is the uh, when is the time? Look, most uh, Friday through to Sundays, mate. That's uh, that's when I'll be there. You do it tough, don't you, buddy? Mate, it's a hard life. It's a hard life. It's a hard life. Have you tried? The, have you tried the deep fried cornetto yet? No, I haven't done the uh, deep fried cornetto. No. I gave you that one. You did. Free. Free. Uh, the least. The least I'd, Yeah. The least I'd expect is that you would have tested it in. Uh, how would you? How would yet. you do it? How would you do a deep fried cornetto? Well, the same as you deep fry anything. You uh, dip it in a bit of flour. You put a bit of batter on it, and you dip it in the uh, hot oil. Until it uh, goes nice and crispy. Have you deep fried any ice cream products? Uh, no, no. We've deep fried a lot of uh, different chocolates, um, and that's always good fun. But uh, haven't done the ice cream yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yum. As, he, but, as I wonder if people have worked out we're, some, we're stalling. Yeah. Well, Porsche has asked, "Is this still the pre-pod?" No, it's not. No. No. What the hell <laughs> is Porsche? actually doing anyway because she's a Melbourne supporter get off Porsche I know you're secretly barracking for Melbourne on the weekend 
I know That's... her tr- where her love is. No, mm. oh, I'm sure she had a port scarf on, at least for the first eight seconds of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have taken my port scarf off too at that point. But anyway, enough of uh, Groundhog Day, the movie. Let's talk about Groundhog Day, the Port Adelaide Footy Club. What was your love uh, as part of our love and hate this week, mate? I'm going to go far, broad and far between. Mm. I'm going to love the fact of what we're trying to do with our Aboriginal programs. I heard KT saying how they, they want to have like a dorm, like a, a 50-person dorm set up um, um, at Alberton and not necessarily based around football but just for uh, Aboriginal awareness and community and and um, yeah, I can really see that it's a genuine love of the footy club to want to support that culture. And mm. uh, you know, as a supporter, it's something I think we can all be proud of because um, you know, whether you agree or disagree, um, you know, the the Aboriginal culture has been compromised a fair bit in our um, society. So I think the little bits that our footy club are doing to try and make a difference, I think, are a great thing. It is. No, you're 100% right there. It is a great thing, and uh, whether that happens or not, I'm not too sure. But uh, if it does, it would certainly be um, something pretty wonderful. Absolutely. What are you drinking tonight, Macca? Uh, some lovely water tonight. Really? Yep. No no devil's urine tonight? No devil's urine, no gin, no beer, no scotch, no nothing. Just uh, just lovely water. I'm drinking a Skiller Galee 2014 Shiraz. Oh, a little bit, prema- little bit premature. Mm. Fair enough. There what we go. was your love? My love was uh, our captain Travis Boke. Um, you know he's copped a lot of a uh, lot of rubbish this year. I think a lot of it is uh, uncalled for. I think he's had a pretty decent year, and uh, his last month has been fantastic. Um, he has certainly improved in that month. Um, and this was a great game. He did everything possible to try and get us back into that game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he kicked four wonderful goals. He was in everything. Um, he, he really seems to have worked out how to play this role that he's currently got in the side, and, um, and he's doing great things out there. So I was very proud of how our captain played on the weekend. What do you think of his um, field kicking? I think it's not too bad. He's never been the cleanest kick, um, but I think uh, I think certainly in the last sort of three to four weeks, he's um, he, he's improved his his field kicking a lot in the last sort of four weeks. Certainly at the start of the year, it, it was a little bit shaky, but that that seems to be a bit of a theme with Travis. It seems to to be that uh, he needs to take sort of three or four games to get his kicking really into gear. Um, and then it sort of improves and improves as the year goes on as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, love. There, I thought he, he really tried to lead from the front. His goal kicking was fantastic and kept us in the game. And uh, you know, when we were looking quite insipid, he was, he was really him and Robbie Gray and Tom Jonas were really the the shining stars and really trying to still drive and uh, um, push the team forward. So uh, yeah, he had a great game. Good good love, good crawl for sure. Uh, Porsche says, man, you know it's a rough loss when even Ryan isn't turn- isn't tuning in. And that's true. Where are you, Ryan? Come on, buddy. And uh, Craig Jones see, uh, said he wants four us. players out. Uh, White, Atley, Wingard and Austin. White, Atley, Wingard and Austin. So interestingly, I, um, Ken Ophi runs a Facebook page for Port. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same Ken Ophi on Big Footy. Mm. He posted up the stats from the, from the weekend. 
And I noticed um, you know, Atley had like mid-70 um, uh, time on ground and, and 10 possessions. So I went to that anomaly uh, Essendon game where Arch only played 50% game time and uh, and then got dropped and you know you've heard me question you know what was going on there why did he have so little game time and um, you know really if you compare the two Atley had in this game 25% more game time than Arch um, same disposal stats look similar uh, for the extra game time but I did notice the one, one little difference was Atley still had um, he had 20 pressure acts um, compared to yeah. Arch's 10 so uh, yeah, because I'm still trying to work out what what happened because Archie was in good form before that game. So mm. uh, I'm wondering if maybe he didn't apply enough pressure in the middle. Was he maybe a little bit lackadaisical and that's why he was removed from the side? Quite possibly. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, in, I was coming back from Hong Kong when that game was on, so I wasn't really passionate about watching the replay when I got back. So yeah. uh, it sounded uninspiring, but... Uh, mm. Yeah, I guess the selections are going to be interesting this week. It will be. It will be. As we see one change, which is probably Wingard out and uh, Aaron Young in. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably the only one that will do, as usual. Um, yeah. uh, Craig Jones has said that he wants to bring in Amon, Archie, Palmer and Frampton. What's he want to bring in? Amon, Archie, yep. Palmer and Frampton. I just don't know if Frampton was going to come in. Yeah. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not convinced he's ready, and I don't know. Has Palmer? I mean, you been put setting... Frampton in, you, you move Trengove down back, and that makes a bit more sense to what we're doing at the moment. Mm. Has uh, has he set the world on fire, though? He's played some really good footy. He's been a little inconsistent, but his best games have been absolutely magical. So he's certainly getting close to being to demanding a game. I think he was really good on the weekend again. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, what was your hate this week, mate? My hate? Well, there, I think there could have been a, a plethora of hates. But I've gone with, I feel very disillusioned by the fact that Hawthorne is coming off a dynasty since 2008. And, um, and you can already see the work in progress and the build in their, uh, in their resurgence in half a season um, and I just feel like Hawthorne are actually not far behind Port Adelaide already. And we've been going through this rebuild and disaster for 10 years. And um, so, yeah, so that is my hate. I just don't see the development and any um, successful change in our, um, in our team structure. And that's mm. really, really disappointing me. Yeah, that's fair. It seems just to be slight variations of the same thing over the last sort of 10 years. But um, look, we're still, well, I hope we're going to make finals this year. I shouldn't say we're still going to because uh, there's a big chance that we may not. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it is a bit of a step forward to what we've seen the last couple of years. So I don't know. I don't know where we're at at the moment. I'm trying to be positive, but um, it, it's pretty hard to be positive when we keep making the same errors and we keep losing because of the, the same sort of reasons over and over again? Um, look, we, we said just before the show started, I mean, this is probably the eighth time uh, this year we've had this sort of similar conversation and 
So I guess we do want to, we don't want to, you know, be complete doom and gloom, but I don't, I can't be a person that just uh, toes a party line either. And, um, yeah, I just don't see where the change is coming from. You know, the question mark for us has been for a few years now, um, the mental aptitude of uh, the team collectively. I mean, uh, individually, we've got some superstar players, but collectively, um, I don't know what happens. Uh, And I'd love to hear what people on the chat or even people that listen to the download podcast afterwards share it on Big Footy or Facebook. But um, the only thing I can see is that you know, I, I made reference to it earlier in the week that it almost needs, you know, the famous Malcolm Blight cull almost where some tough-ass coach comes in and identifies a couple of bad seeds, whether, you know, maybe Port doesn't have bad seeds in relation to what the LA Crows had back then, which was, you know, very opinionated and, um, you know, distracting players against the coach. But, you know, maybe the coach needs to come in and get rid of a couple of bad seeds that maybe they're a little bit mentally weak. Um, yeah, for example, but um, I just feel like something has to happen. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I'm not sure what it is, but um, you know, once again, like we've said this numerous times over the last few years, it, it just seems to be the same players leading us down. Uh, I don't understand how we can be so lazy going into that game with with everything that was on the line. We saw Geelong lose on Friday night. Um, so we know that, that there was a big chance there that we would gain four points on them at the very least. And by beating Melbourne, we would uh, continue to uh, stay above them uh, on the ladder. Um, and now, uh, in retrospect, you know we've got GWS in free fall. Um, Richmond won. It would have been nice to stay above them as well. Um, I, I just don't get how we could be so lazy how we entered that game and, and have that sort of first half, and, and not for the first time this year. The second time this year, that that, that that sort of really bad half of footy has, has happened um, at exactly the time when we needed our leaders and our players to stand up. Mm. Yeah, I um, yeah, it's it's every chance we get to get to gain some sort of ground on the competition, we screw it up. Correct. And what is so? What is it? Are we are we afraid? I don't know if we're afraid. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's mental, if it's physical, if uh, if it's a motivation thing, if the coaches aren't doing the right thing in the pregame, if it's... I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, And this sort of leads into my hate. And um, I guess my hate is that I was right to be nervous over this one. And PAFC 66 sent in a question on Big Footy saying, didn't you get your tip exactly right, Macca? The, this club is so predictable. And uh, unfortunately, the answer was yes. So I went back and listened to the end of the preview where um, where myself and Portia did our tips and, and spoke about why we sort of chose those sort of tips. And I did end up picking Melbourne by 23 points, and they won by 23 points. I said I was incredibly concerned about the inside midfield and, and how we've struggled in the past against strong inside mids. And uh, Melbourne just dominated that area of the play, especially in that first quarter. I think, what was it, 12 clearances to two? at one point mm. in that first quarter. And for a midfield, like we've, we've got a pretty good midfield on paper, and they've been playing some pretty good footy. Um, you know, talk about Paddy Ryder being All-Australian Ruckman, Ebert and Wines, both around um, the talks for All-Australian as well. So for that sort of stat, that's uh, as horrific a stat as I've seen this year for Port Adelaide. 
Um, I said I was concerned about coming up against a three-tall forward line. I think Hogan had three goals at halftime. McDonald um, had a really good game as well. Both got sort of mid-20s disposals, which is very, very high for key forwards. I said I was concerned about Garlett, who kicked two and hit the post twice in the first half. Um, and I said I was concerned about their quality ball movement out of the back line as well. And I'm, I'm not sure that had a huge impact in the game, the, the quality of ball movement. But um, they did seem to transition without... Although they certainly seemed to hurt us on the rebound whilst we were sort of muffing kick after kick going inside 50. Yeah. and Well, not even they... inside 50, sorry for the interrupt. Not even inside 50. Like The amount of times that we had clear kicks either on the wing or at half back, and we would just miss the target. I think Wine's first two kicks went straight down Jack Viney's throat. Uh, I know he's your best mate and all, but, you know, come on. Do you think that the conditions, we didn't adjust to the conditions too well? What were the conditions? Like, oh, like sli- really slightly blustery, overcast? Like, no, blustery. Was it blustery? Well, the, well, I, I had the luxury of just listening to the radio and not having to watch it visually because um, I was working but um, I don't know they did it's say it was really sport, swirly right? <laughs> yeah. well, we know that it's like, we're not playing this sport for the first time in winter we know it's uh, it could well be wet it could well be dewy and there's likely going to be um, some pretty strong winds going around the place uh, at times I don't, I don't think the conditions had anything to play I think it was just that our midfielders um, were just completely underprepared mentally to face what Melbourne were able to dish up um, and what they were able to dish up was uh, a midfield group or a, a whole team group, really, um, attacking us and making sure that every disposal that we had was going to be contested. We weren't allowed any sort of outside run. Um, they played the the, uh, the press to full effect um, and did to us like we what 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 we like to do to uh, to lesser teams as well and make them look a bit silly. And Melbourne certainly made us look silly. Did you read the game day thread at all on Bigfooting? I was working, so... Uh, you didn't go back and read luck, it? Because no, nah, not really. <laughs> Cook, I can't remember the whole handle, but Cook um, uh, posts up some great photos of stoppages. Yeah, I, I did see that. I did see that. You did see those? Yeah. It was it was very interesting. It wasn't even and... stoppages. Like, it was um, other things as well. And that, that was something that um, the commentators did note Um Pre-game, like in the few days before uh, the match, was how Melbourne liked to uh, make sure that they outnumber every contest. Mm. Um, and there were certainly occasions going by those screenshots where like, I think one of them was about seven to one in our forward line. Like, come on, what's going on? You know, I just don't understand with what's on the line. Um, even though we can't beat a decent team, we actually find ourselves in a pretty decent ladder position at the moment where we can actually make top four, possibly even top two, if we actually pull our finger out of our ass and actually win some games that matter for once. Um, mm. And we just can't do it. All right, it's just the most frustrating season I can remember from Port Adelaide. Like, I would much rather be sitting here talking about 2011 or 12 again than this frustrating season that we've got at the moment. Because at least then we knew we were bad and we knew what to expect and we didn't get our hopes up. Here we just continually get our hopes up and they just continually get um, get taken down time and time again. Well, I think the, I think the frustration is that you know, we know that um, the players are good enough and you know we're not in this development phase trying to get games into players anymore. 
What and, are they good enough? Well, who knows? Maybe they're not. Um, like going by uh, results this year, if we had a tougher draw, we would not be sitting inside the eight at all. No. And uh, I guess it was interesting having a caller uh, after the game, uh, caller Kane Corns, and was like, you know, players have to roll and, you know, heads have to roll, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, and so he retorts with, you know, which was the mischievous question, like, who do you pick? Right? Knowing that whoever he puts his name up, they're going to say, well, they've been tried and failed. Mm. And I think that is part of the symptomatic problem of the Ken Hinckley coaching group is um, five years now into the system and um, our depth is still questionable. Yeah. Yeah. We've got no injuries really on our list and we still don't have the depth of players to provide where the coaches have confidence to select them, right? Like I think Logan Austin was just selected because who else was there and he and Jack Homsch wasn't in form. Mm. And uh, so I just don't feel like um, there's confidence in the reserve players by the coaches for them to be selected. And really, that so that caller should have called out Kane and said, well, that's the bloody problem, Kane. Right, the, pro- the players and the reserves probably don't deserve to be selected at this point in time. And how long does it take um, to develop this, these players? And I think that is part of our problem. Our, our deve- development process with players is deficient. And um, yeah, I don't. And so we're getting all these great draft picks or players that were draft picks and coming into the system, um, and they're not and they're not coming on. And why is that? Are they comfortable? Are they, you know, are they, you know, are we? changing their mindset or something, I don't know. But the other observation I had, Macca, is I finally worked out why I don't like Hartlett and Broadbent in the same side, especially in the same defence. And that's because we've become too slow at the back because they're not fast players and, um, you know, they're big-body players. But you look at Melbourne, um, you know, Hibbard and what's the other guy um, killed us, right? Uh, And they just had speed. And most of the teams have speed coming off the half-back line and uh, and we don't really have that speed at the moment. Or if we do have the speed, we don't have the courage to execute that speed in our game plan at this point in time yeah. for some reason. And uh, and But with those two players in our defensive 50, we definitely are too slow and that's why we can't handle them. And you have a look at it. Hartlett was 10 times the player when Broadbent's out and Broadbent comes back in, and you know Hartlett's probably half as good as what he was in previous weeks. So what you know what's going on there? Well, I don't think that we can afford to have both Broadbent and Hartlett in the same defence for the sheer fact that they both are attack-minded uh, players with very very minimal sort of defensive skills. Like Hartlett's not a defender; he's just playing back there. Um, Broadie is. Just okay at defending, but again, he's better when he get, when he is able to receive the ball and run off and and boot it sixty meters down the ground. So they're both exactly, essentially, exactly the same player playing exactly the same role um, in a defence where we should have either one or none of that role, um, and mm. currently we've got two. Correct. Mm. It's um, yeah, but they keep getting selected. Yeah, it's not their fault that they keep getting selected. Um, but the, so the question is, why do the coaches keep falling in love with this? Is it just 
Is it just the easy option for the coaches? I don't know. I guess they can say, well, this team's got us into fourth or fifth spot so far, so they, they must be doing something okay. And, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. But um, I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, let's move on to questions. Sure. Yes. Um, Power Raiders asked, uh, should we change our club song, logo, or Guernsey? Uh, look, the traditionalists in me, I'd love the prison bar, bra, bar still. But, um, the, the prison yeah. bra? That's an interesting Yeah, one. yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> no, the prison bars. That red wine's going to my head already, obviously. <laughs> um, but I would, yeah, I would love... Uh, I'd love the the PBs. Um, that would be pretty cool. But or I don't mind our old grand final. And let's go to Pirates. So that way, if we suck, we can all have the poo pirate jokes come at us. Great. That sounds wonderful. Uh, one great club has asked, uh, what are the best holiday destinations in August and September? Mm. Good question. Seeing you've got three little kids, you probably can't answer that one mm. because you'd, you'll probably just say Flinders Ranges or something because yep. you've got no money. So or the park um, behind the house. That's really good. <laughs> uh, I would say I would say this Port Douglas at this time of the year is pretty good, and the Peppers Resort up there is awesome. They've got an amazing lagoon pool. Um, you could always head over to Bali too. That's a cheap flight. And there was another one if you if you subscribe to the the flight center and Webjet and all that sort of stuff. There was flights return flights to LA for nine hundred and fifty bucks from Adelaide um, promoted this week. So. Um, I'd be looking America, I'd be looking Port Douglas, or um, or Bali or Thailand. Yep, that's fair. Uh, Fort supporters asked, "Have we seen the last of Pittard?" What do you reckon? You you usually got the so. inside goss in this sort I of stuff. Think so. Well, after this result, do you think some heads need to roll like Pittard? Well, he wasn't even playing, so that's a bit harsh on him in particular, but. Um, no, no, but I, I, I mean, I just, I'm just talking about over, examples look, we, need to be set. Yeah, there's no doubt that we've got too many halfback flankers and we can afford to sort of cull a couple or trade a couple or whatever. Um, have we seen the last of Pittard? No, I think he'll certainly play again before the end of the season, no doubt. Unless he gets injured, I can't see why he will spend the rest of the year in the SANFL. Mm-hmm. No, they, they'll try and get him back quick. Mm. It's more. I think I'm, I'm sure it's just a message. Yeah. Uh, Papagallo was asked, "Why did we draft Eddie?" And he said, "This could also be rephrased as, why did we keep Butcher on the list in 2016?" Yeah, and it goes back to what I was saying before about the coaches. Um, the coaches just don't seem to have the courage with the fringe players. I don't know if Eddie is going to um, solve our problem at the moment. I mean, there was a great photo of. You know, us kicking inside 40 metres out from goal to Robbie Gray with seven uh, Melbourne players around him. Um, so if that was Brad Eddy, is that actually going to fix our problem? Uh, probably not. And uh, so, uh, I mean, so I think we're just all in love with the fact of wanting a more traditional forward structure and that's why the law of Eddy is there. Yeah, look, Eddy certainly won't help us um, fix a, a 12 to 2 clearance Differential in um, in the first quarter, will it? So, um, no, that, that's a problem. Um, why did we draft Eddie? Uh, I, I think it's clear as experienced backup in case Dixon got injured. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think it's clear now that Eddie was never in the plans to play sort of twenty two games or, or do anything like that. I think um, just like Butcher last year, I think he was he was kept on just as experienced backup as a worst case scenario sort of situation as well. Um, so mm. that that's my thoughts on the matter. Yeah, it's I, yeah. Look, it's I guess our our forward structure is just really based around. I don't, I don't know what it's based around. Mm. Yeah, we don't even keep Dixon deep. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we've had what eight? Did you reference it? We've had eight hundred point plus wins or something, or might have been on the radio. One of the two. Mm. But, but but they're all just bullied against average sites. Yeah, and I mean, you can. I know you know you reference that we uh, our defence held up on the weekend. The defence looked good, but you know, we still only kicked fifty eight points or something stupid or whatever it was. Yeah, mm. so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a shambles. Yeah, I think we did. Considering the first half that Melbourne had, I think we did not too bad to limit them to eighty eight points overall. Like they could have easily been, you know, they could mm. have easily kicked another sort of seven or eight goals on another day, just like Essendon did uh, a few weeks earlier when they ended up uh, kicking a, a fair bag of, a bag of goals. But um, Bob Clifford has asked, is Porsche still partying after the Demons' grand final win? Well, Porsche, you're tuning in. What, what's the answer to that? I don't know. Some of their posts have been pretty confusing. I'm not sure if you're still drunk from the weekend or not, but um, I think it's safe to assume yes at this point. <laughs> what is she saying? Nothing yet. <laughs> uh, Phil Reich has asked, what do we think is a realistic crowd figure for Saturday's game? Four o'clock Saturday, 35,000. Uh, yeah, it's pro- probably not too bad. I think um, I think it'll be around that sort of 31 to 34. Yeah, yeah. 31 to 34. Mm. Do you think there's going to be a supporter revolt? No, no, no more than usual. I don't think. I don't think we'll see like twenty one thousand or anything stupid like that. I, I think we'll still get over thirty. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand the point of a supporter revolt, not going to games, that sort of thing. But well, I must um, admit, like, I know this is for Thursday's conversation, but you know, there's not much I get. I'm not, there's nothing I'm going to get out of Saturday. You know, if they win, you know, it's the game that we're expecting them to win anyway. Mm. And really, it's the it's really only the Adelaide or the Bulldogs game for me where I'm waiting for them to stand up and that's where they keep disappointing. Yeah. I'll be working, so I'm not able to go. But uh, if I was, like, I still get excited about going to the footy every week, uh, no matter how we're going, uh, how we're performing, if we're, you know, top two or if we're um, struggling like we did in 2011, like... I still got excited in 2011 watching us get absolutely smacked every week. Um, that, that's just how I am. But, but you're, I yeah, but you're just a little bit abnormal. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Glitch01 has asked, uh, are we the only team in the competition that allows you to accurately predict the result in the first five, ten minutes? Uh, well, I don't think we're the only sucky side in the competition. So um, I'd be imagining... Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, we're pretty good at it. 
We're certainly not uh, the only um, bad side in the competition that does that, but oh, bad side in the competition. But I do think we might be the only team where you can accurately predict uh, that sort of thing from happening. Um, if you had your wits about you and uh, and were a betting man, you could probably make a lot of money um, in doing that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and we could all do with making some more money. Mm. That's right. Uh, Brendan Archie Handball has asked, is Marshall being groomed to play the West off role, as in the tall wingman utility, instead of a tall forward role, which we so desperately need? I think we're getting too smart for our own good here, trying to create um, these multi-dimensional players and instead of just allowing them to develop strongly in one position. And um, I don't see why we we want... Marshall's been drafted as a forward I'm sure so why not stick him in the forward lines and let him run around in the well, forward lines well that's exactly and... where he's been played like I don't think we're going to groom him as that sort of roaming Westhoff role I think we'll be grooming him as a key forward um, but at this point in time like he's behind, obviously behind Eddie at SANFL level so he's not going to be the number one go to forward at that level so he's going to have to try and perform a different role at SANFL level and Maybe that role is uh, a bit more of a roaming role. Uh, and look, certainly whilst he develops his body, I, I'm not against that, to be honest. Um, you know, him sort of learning how to lead and, and going on those sort of long, searching Nick Rewalt-type leads um, and that sort of thing. Like, I'm not against that at all. Yeah. I just, I just wonder if Ken's sort of being caught up a little bit too this season with our... Um, our bipolar nature. So I'm wondering if he's been sucked into our results because we're, you know, we're doing the two and one quite consistently, winning two, losing one, but we're always winning the two against the lesser opposition um, that he's sort of getting sucked into um, sticking fat with these players. So I've been a bit of a serial uh, um, pest on Sam Gray, for example saying that he doesn't show up in the big games when he needs to, um, but he's performing in those lesser games. And so he doesn't have the courage to make a stand with these players that aren't showing up. You know, I can't, there's been a, quite a few coaches that have gone, you know what, you can't stand up the finals pressure, out you go, regardless of how good you are in the home and away season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the player, but Mick Malthouse has done it. You know, John Carr has done it. Uh, we don't seem to have that same ruthlessness about us at the moment where, okay, yeah, they're a good player, but under intensity and pressure, um, they weaken, um, so we should get rid of them. Yep. Uh, Capital Power has asked, uh, in all of our losses this season, the opposition um, has got a 5-7 to seven goal run, and we seem unable or unwilling to mix things up to stop it. Our losing margins in all but one of those games has been less than that run. Why can't we react and adapt to the momentum shift sooner? Well, Travis Boke was uh, interviewed on the radio after the game and uh, he, they asked him the question, were you tempted to bring yourself into the midfield sooner? Um, and he said no, right? Because he said those boys are selected to do the job and we back them in to do it. Now, what, at what point in time, how many goals down or how long do you go without any momentum at all before you go, shit, we need to change it up here? And yeah. 
this game, you know, we went a quarter and a half getting completely and utter dom- utterly dominated around the ground in stoppages, and we really didn't change it up. And that's, I mean, I don't know about you, Macca, but for me personally, I would have gone 10 minutes, shit, we need to jig this up a little bit. And, you know, maybe not dramatic, maybe you just swap Jackson for Ryder and, you know, swap one of the midfielders over, even put Robbie in just for five minutes or something. But we just didn't want to do that. And I think that was really, that's um, Choco stubborn. Yeah, well, you mentioned Choco, and this has been um, a, a theme for Port Adelaide for many, many a year, um, since the Choco era, since probably 2005, really, where um, we we just seem unable to be able to stem the flow of goals when uh, the opposition get a real momentum swing on. And look, maybe every other side has the same issues, and, and every other team supporter will be you know, sort of saying the exact same thing about their club too, but uh, it, it is a bit of a theme. It, it's happened for a very, very long time, uh, especially under Ken Hinckley as well. Um, and we have lost games because of it. Um, and, and I just don't know where we go. I don't know what we do to stop that sort of momentum, um, how we can stop that momentum, because uh, it seems like if you don't do anything, it still happens. Uh, and the times that we have changed, uh, changed things around and brought new players in uh, to the midfield mix uh, to try and stop that flow, uh, it still doesn't work. Um, <laughs> so it just, uh, again, I feel like it's just all mental. Like we, we just come into games underprepared sometimes or, or we drop our head um, and feel like things get a little bit too tough out there. Um, maybe that maybe the, the players and the coaches need to harden up a little bit and, and really set some ground rules about what, is acceptable uh, for a performance for, for Port Adelaide because, you know, to be, what, seven goals, six to five points um, in, in a pretty crucial game against a, uh, a similar club in terms of ladder position isn't acceptable at all. And, and it's happened far too long. And that's what I'm saying, that it's, um, it's mentally weak. It is a bit mentally weak, yeah. By it a... is for sure. It's now, not a bit mentally now, it's why, meant, why didn't we change it's... things up? I actually thought after the, the first goal that they got and well, whatever, when, they, they, when it was two goals to two points, I thought we actually worked ourselves back into the game. It was just our skill level which was really letting us down. And then they sort of dominated late in that quarter again and early in the next. So that was that real sort of 10 to 15 minutes period uh, either side of uh, that quarter time break where we really lost that game. Because I thought we got back into it, um, only to really sort of fall away once again. Um, and, and it's just annoying that we, we have the same theme all, all the time. Like, so you know, bad start, we, cut... we get back into it, uh, we look like, oh, maybe, maybe there's a chance. No, nah, there's no chance. Why could we come back against West Coast and play so well, and then we have that utter dribble against Melbourne? Because West Coast are just as bad as what we are, if not worse, um, mm. at the same thing. So that's uh, that's probably why. Um, yeah, that's that's probably why. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Mm. So where do you? Um, I know you're going through the questions, and it's better than reviewing the game anyway. Where do you have us finishing? Well, I don't know now. I, I'm not too sure. I mean, I had us. Before this game, I had us finishing third. Um, 
I mean, it's just, every game is crucial now. Like there is still a chance that we might drop out. Um, I don't know. Every game is crucial to where we're going to finish now. We can't afford to drop many more, to be honest. Um, I had us. Um, I did a ladder predictor on the AFL website last week, and I had us losing two games before the end of the season, and we still finished fourth. So obviously that can still happen, uh, depending on other results as well. But look, we've got Sydney breathing down our neck. We've got Melbourne breathing down our neck. Essendon's playing really, really good footy at the moment as well. Maybe West Coast or the Dogs um, uh, kick up as well. If St Kilda win this week, then suddenly they're on the same amount of wins as we are. Um, We can be thankful that we've got a really good percentage because that's basically another win um, that we've got. Um, But there still is a big chance that we might miss out on finals. And if that happens... I think it's pretty clear, given where we've sat at stages through this season, it's pretty clear that you've got to say goodbye to Ken. So if we don't make finals, it's see you later, Ken? I, th- I think it has to be. Like, We're not going to get a better draw than what we've got this year. And if we can't make finals with the draw that we've got uh, for the third year running, no, nah, not good enough. What if we finish fifth to eight? Well, I think... It depends on what we do in the finals. If we go out in a blaze of glory in the first week, um, I would say his job is still under question. If we make it through to a semi or a prelim, I think he probably gets another contract. Now, I know this sounds like a stupid question, but um, the Port list and the Crows list, if I you, you run the names alongside each other, um, to me, that doesn't seem to be that much difference in the quality of the names on paper. But one team is performing significantly better and working to structures and a system than another team. Now, I think that really shows to me, uh, and I'm not trying to say this to diminish the Crows at the moment and what they're doing, but it really shows to me the influence of a good coach to an average coach. Oh, for sure. Would you you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I would think Adelaide are a very well-coached team. Like they've got a pretty inexperienced side out there. They, they've got a, a lot of young kids playing in some uh, pretty sort of uh, tough roles, and uh, and they're performing really, really well. They play to a system, just like under Neil Craig, and that system works for them. We'll see what happens in finals, but uh, at the moment, unfortunately, you've got to say that the Crows are certainly the real deal. And um, you know, Geelong are falling, GWS are falling, um, we're falling. Um, I don't know. It looks like it's between the Crows and Sydney for the flag at this point in time. I, I'm a big fan of Sydney. I, uh, you know, they've been around the mark, and uh, you know they've, you know they they played well last year and just didn't deliver. You know they've choked probably a few grand finals. They should have won. And but you know they've got great names on every line and you know big bodies and. They're a juggernaut now, and uh, yeah, I think the competition is probably lucky that they were Norton six at the start because I think I think really they're good enough to be sitting at the top with the Crows, really. Yeah. But uh, look, I think I'm with you. I think unless Ken gets us into it, uh, unless we get to a preliminary final, I'm sorry, I, I'll probably have to let him go. Yeah, no, that's fair. But, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way at the moment as well. Well, he's had five years now with this list, and there's a lot of talent on that list, and it's not performing. Um, and at some stage, you know, 
you've got to go beyond just blaming the players, and uh, you've also got to um, you've got to look at the coach extracting the best out of the players. I mean, so we, you know, under the John Cale era, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that he always had the most talented side or the most talented players in the side. I mean, look at Paul Northeast for example, but. You know, he picked the right players for the right spots to play the right roles for what he wanted, and he had a clear vision for what he wanted his team to do, and he was able to execute it. And you know, Alistair Clarkson's a great coach, and he's able to do the same thing. And yeah. uh, and John Lomai is another one. So um, yeah. yeah, I do have concerns, unfortunately. For sure. Well, let's get on to our review. Unfortunately, we've got a lot of other questions as well. We're going to leave it there, otherwise this will go on for about two hours. But um, look, it was business as usual on Saturday. Uh, Port Adelaide lost to a top eight side once again this season, not uh, kicking a goal until 23 minutes into the second quarter and losing by 23 points. Um, nine goals, 11 to 13 goals, 10. As mentioned, Travis Boat was a star with four goals, whilst uh, Westhoff continued his current form with a couple of goals as well. Um, so I guess we've already sort of spoken a fair bit about what might have gone wrong, but how can we fix this? What what can we do to turn this sort of thing around? Um, is our midfield simply just a little bit overrated? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think our, our midfield, when it's playing well enough, is good enough. Um, uh, you know, it's just... I don't know. They just didn't come switched on. And the quick... I don't, how do you... Look, I'm not a professional athlete, so I just don't know. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, we all have off days or off feelings or whatever, but I just don't understand um, how they can just be so bipolar. Um, mm. Is it the training? You know, were the players overloaded with training this week? And, um, <clears throat> and that influence. I mean, someone was being very generous with their uh, reasoning, thinking that maybe it was the fact that uh, we kept the the buys that we had it earlier from China is catching up with us. Um, I don't think it's that. I don't honest. think it's that either. But I think that's being very generous. But uh, so we, well, we I still did the same thing before always... we even went to China, so that we can't use that as an excuse. Like no. it, it's it's frustrating that we do the exact same thing to other teams, like we did last week against North Melbourne, um, and we've done it four or five times this year, where we've you know been five six goals up a quarter time. And um, and are looking a million dollars, and then we come out on a in a crucial game on the weekend, and um, we end up being the North Melbourne from the week before. Um, it's just very frustrating, and I always point to the skill level not being good enough. You know that's been a theme on this podcast for um, what probably three years at least, yes. maybe four. Yes, um, and still on the weekend, you know you got Ollie Wines missing targets left, right, and centre. You got Ebert doing the same thing. Um, you've got guys that are um, falling over in, in the back line, um, giving away silly free kicks, uh, handballing straight to the opposition under minimal pressure. Um, and even late in the game as well, when we were finally back in the game and you thought, God, just one more goal and we could be right in it. Impy goes on a massive run, um, free forward line, hands it off to Dixon, who just has the most lazy, laconic one-step kick, which goes straight down the throat of an opposition player, and they go down the other end, and that's our sort of chance t- um, ended right there. I don't understand um, why Impey just didn't keep going and went 
go long for goal. I mean, yeah. he can kick that distance. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it an instruction? I don't know. Maybe he felt like he didn't want to sort of miss the target and rolls out of bounds and he gets done for deliberate. I don't know. He does He does seem afraid to take ownership, doesn't he? That He just doesn't mm. want to be that, uh, you know, unless there's no other option, that big-time player. I feel like Sammy Gray handballing off um, when he had that 40-metre shot on goal. And, yeah. uh, and so he tried to flick it off to... Uh, it was it Dan Houston? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, look, I mean, what Brad Ebert also had his first 10 disposals, I think, didn't hit a target going yeah. by what the radio said. Mm. So, um, you know, I mean, for a player of his skill, surely that's inexcusable, Macca. It is a bit. It is, for sure. Uh, Logan Austin, so, he had a bit of a, uh interesting day out. Um, he went back with the flight of the ball and... Uh, Almost took a really courageous mark. Um, got hit. His head hit the ground. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, he looked <laughs> like he was. Uh, he had no idea where he was. He fell over three times. Um, Hogan got away from him and just dominated for about 10 minutes. And then he got clobbered again in the next quarter. And the same thing sort of happened again. Um, he was a bit unlucky. He was, he was a bit unlucky. <laughs> he was very unlucky. It was just a shame that it, I don't know. It was just one of those sort of uncoordinated things that, unfortunately, he fell over twice uh, in pretty dramatic fashion, and it cost us a goal uh, twice as well. But I actually thought his second half, when uh, he, he stopped sort of hitting himself in the head, uh, he was actually really, really good. Like uh, Jack Watts, who I said in the preview was uh, going to be a very um, key player for Melbourne. He's had a really good year up forward. He kept him to uh, just a couple of kicks after half time. And, uh, and really shut him out of the game uh, once he moved on to him. So uh, I, I feel like people on Big Footy were a little bit harsh on, on his game in the end. I think uh, whilst it was certainly poor in the first half, he was able to turn it around and, and have a pretty good second half. Well, let's face it, the, um, that first goal should have been a free kick in his favour. He was a bit unlucky. Uh, the drop mark? Oh, well, the one where, yeah... I mean, Hogan coming front on pushed him. Uh, no real attempt for the ball, really, and got away with it. I mean, he, yeah. I think he even he even looked around to go, "Oh, is this going to be a free kick?" And yeah, so he sort of dodged a uh, he sort of dodged a bullet with that one. I feel. Yeah. But yeah, look, I mean, he was a bit unlucky, and I mean, he was also a victim of a pretty crap midfield, and uh, you know, not pro- providing any uh, defensive structure. Saying that though. Um, Tom Tom Jonas had an awesome uh, had an awesome game. Tommy, yeah, he did. He did. He was one of our best players, probably second best behind Bokey. Um, as we've said every week, he's had a bloody great year, and uh, he, he continued has. he continued that form on the weekend, and he can certainly hold his head high. Well, he's definitely repaying the coaches for um, his uh, poor form and indiscretions. Oh, last year. no doubt. Tenfold. And, he's, had, he's had a wonderful yeah. year. Yeah. He's had an awesome year. And, uh, yeah, look, but, I mean, I don't think it's just our midfield. I just think collectively as a group, we're underperforming. Mm. And uh, to state the obvious, and I don't know. There's, I don't know. Do you think Robbie Gray should have moved into the midfield sooner? Because he was great once he went in there. <coughs> he was great. He had nine clearances. He turned the ball over a little bit, but... Um, 
he was great, and he was uh, pretty much the only one there extracting the ball from the midfield. So maybe he could have gone there earlier. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the first time he's gone in there for quite a number of weeks now. Um, and it was it, I loved seeing him back in the midfield doing what he does through there again. Mm. But anyway, so um, can we recover from this? Oh, we can. We we certainly can. Like we could beat St Kilda convincingly. We've got the talent to. It's just whether or not we actually do it. Um, that's the big question. Um, but what about from a season perspective? I don't know. As I said, I I think we can still finish top four. Um, it means that we've probably got to beat the Crows. Um, you know, we, we've got a couple of tough games um, coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about time we actually stood up. You still think we can finish top four? I still think we can finish top four, yep. Yeah? Yep. Mm. And who knows what might happen from there, mate? Big call. Oh, yeah. It is a a big call. It doesn't look like it'll happen at the moment, but um, I don't know. (laughs) As I said, that's why I said in the preview that if we won this game, I think we would win the premiership because I feel like it would just be that sort of game where if we can finally do it, um, in Melbourne against a team on the rise um, in, a, in a pressure game against a team around us on the ladder and get that win, that'll give us such a big confidence boost that we will just go from strength to strength, to strength uh, for the rest of the year. It didn't happen. Um, so that all has to uh, come into question now, doesn't it? It does. What happened in the Maggies this week, Macca? The Maggies? Well, they had a big win. They won by 50 points. Um, against uh, Ganelg. Uh, so that's good. They won 16-12 uh, to 8 goals, 10. Uh, Brennan Archie kicked three, as did Aidan Johnson. Billy Frampton kicked two. Uh, so did Jakey Need, Jesse Palmer, and uh, Nathan Cracker as well. Mm. So a few so people the, putting their hands up? Uh, the s- similar su- uh, suspects. The usual suspects, mate. Yeah. Uh, Brennan Archie had 29 touches and, and three goals, had seven marks. Five inside 50s. So once again, he had a huge game at that level. Aaron Young had 34 touches and 11 tackles. He had a massive game. Carl Amon, I think uh, he's the one I'm most excited about. He had 28 touches and and 10 marks. Yeah. So he's probably the most like-for-like for for Wingard, obviously. Um, And we really do miss his, uh, his run and his ball use and his skill level and the fact that he can actually hit targets. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've really missed him since he's been out. I think he'll he's a, a Monty to be selected this week. Honestly, Absolutely. I don't think Atley was reasonable on the weekend um, at AFL level. I'm not sure if he'll keep his spot or not. But um, instead of going back through Archie and Young, I would love to see Jesse Palmer get a go finally and and see what he can do this year because uh, he had another 25 touches, kicked a couple of goals. Uh, he's been super consistent all year. Um, Where's he going to play? I would play him as a high half forward and, and swapping through the midfield. So he takes over from Chad? Uh, Excuse me? No, not necessarily from Chad. I think Amon will take over from Chad. So you think Amon's going to be selected for Chad? So who would Palmer be coming in for? Uh, Atley. Would you drop Matthew Broadbent? Mm. We've just said that we don't believe Broadbent and Hartlett should both be in the 
saying defence. If they're not going to play midfield, would you? Does he one have to go? Maybe, but the likelihood of that happening is pretty slim. And if we do drop him, all that's going to happen is Pittard comes back in, and we've got essentially the same problem. Do you think Matthew Broadbent should be traded at the end of the year? Uh, no, because I think uh, I think his use to us is more than what we would get in a trade. But I think his use is actually a negative effect. Maybe. Well, you've got a different opinion then. I do. Mm. Uh, the other oh, question good. is, does Homsch come back in for Austin? Uh, only if Homsch justified his game on the weekend. Mm. So some people said it was, and some people said it didn't. Did we give Aidan Johnson a go after kicking three goals? He looked pretty yeah. good in a thrashing against Carlton earlier this year. Maybe we could do with his... Uh, his pace? We need his speed. I'd drop White, to be honest. I think White, after his first game, hasn't really done much at all. And, um, you know, you say about picking Palmer instead of going back to the Young and uh, Archie show, well, I think uh, I think really we need to... Um, I think we probably need to give Aiden a bit of... and his pace and injection in the side over a uh, Matthew White. But I guess coming into finals, the coach has got this catch-22 now. Mm. Um, you've got to be selecting with a view for finals. I mean, there's no point picking Palmer for a game and then flicking him off. Um, you know, or any, any of these young guys, you're going to pick them, you've got to play them. You know, they've given Atley three games now. So what happens? You pick Johnson, you can't just pick him for a game and then piss him off. So, yeah. Um, you know, and then you've got to be picking them with a view. Are they going to be able to sustain the next game against the showdown, which is going to be a high-intensity game? Um, so, you know, if you think Aiden Johnson isn't ready for the showdown, do you pick him this week? At least Palmer's got that bigger body. Yeah, that's right. He does. That's right. But anyway, guess what? What? The MasterChef finale's on. Is it? There we go. Yeah. I sacrificed half of the show for my fellow Port fans to listen to me try and sound like I know something about football for an hour. I'm sure we're very grateful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's All time right, to go. It is. Until next time, come the pair. Yes. Go the power and good luck for us against the Saints. Yeah. Frito, the running Francis. It's deafening at Footy Park. It's like finals footy on Tretre Marks at half board. He's lifted as well, Tretre. Five marks for him this afternoon to the goal square. Chad Corns is the man of the moment. Can't do it this time. Stewie Jew, right foot. 